Let's talk about the big change in this game, and I wrote about it on Thursday morning. Denver Jones at point guard. We saw this for two different stretches, probably about four, five, six minutes of total time out there. Why did it happen? Well, as soon as it happened, there were some folks, you know, in my mentions on Twitter that were like, ah, they're pulling the plug on Aiden. No. Um, just no. He, he played before and after and between and all that. He didn't play as much, but again, he's probably he's probably the least like of like of the rota- the top ten in the rotation. He's probably the the least producing one right now. So probably where the minutes are going to get squeezed, especially at point guard. But they're not pulling the plug on him by any means. Why did they do that? Bruce Pearl said after the game, "Look, you have forty minutes in a game." We run two deep across the board, three deep when you add Leor Berman at the small forward spot. That's only 40 minutes we can give to KD Johnson and Denver Jones. But those guys are playing so well, we want to get more minutes for them. So an easy way to do that is to get Denver some work at the one, maybe it's at the sacrifice of some Aiden Holloway minutes. I think this is more of a strategic move than a we absolutely you know, don't like where how our minutes are getting managed right now. I think that's part of it, but I think it's more of strategy. And Bruce said, hey, we want him to be, this is an experienced backcourt with him and KD on the floor together. This is a defense backcourt. And the timing of this is, I think, the most fascinating part about it. South Carolina had a big backcourt. They didn't have a big frontcourt, but they had a big backcourt. And Denver Jones, who has been this rock-solid 3-and-D guy this year for Auburn, um, you know, stays in front of him. His his defensive metrics are great. And then you got Katie Johnson, which when he's on the floor, the other team just freaks out and turns the ball over a ton because that's what Katie provides out there for you, especially when he's paired with certain guys in that lineup. When you put those together, you have this defense that is now bigger and stronger and more experienced in the backcourt. Not to say Trey Donaldson and Aiden Holloway can't play defense. They definitely can but it's a defensive upgrade. It helped against South Carolina, and guess who's coming to town on Saturday? It's a Kentucky team that is about as guard-heavy as humanly possible. They've got length. They've got shooters. They've got a ton of talent. Dan, like, I, I, like, I don't think that's a coincidence that Auburn tried this out. It helped them in this game for sure, but like, there's going to be some matchups here down the stretch where Auburn would love to be able to go, hey, defense, experience, let's lock in right here and not put as much pressure on your two young point guards to kind of carry that load and find different ways for your your two best backcourt defenders to get on the floor together. And I think I think it's a brilliant move and not a move that I don't think very many people saw coming. There is probably some cause and effect with the way Aiden has struggled sure. recently and a and a downturn in his number of minutes, but no I, I think that the the idea that after the Florida game, they thought they needed to develop a different approach against teams, not just in the SEC that have a size advantage at guard, but teams they might see in the NCAA tournament who have a size advantage at guard. And maybe Denver Jones and two other options on the perimeter gives them a, a better shot than than Trey or or Holloway. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to just gloss over the way because Holloway probably played, you know, he, he probably played his worst game of the season against Florida. You know, I I would think that the numbers back some of that up. And I, I also, I don't know if we talked about this after the after that game, but there were multiple people on social media pointing out 
felt like there were a couple moments where Bruce was as frustrated with yeah. Holloway as he's been and Bruce, all season dur- during a game. Yeah, and Bruce pointed out after the game, he said, look, you, you guys see me or be hard on my point. He's hard on Trey Donaldson a ton, too. And he's like, that's how, a, you know, he compared it to a football coach being hard on a, on a quarterback or, you know, baseball coaches being really tough on their pitchers. It's like, you, you guys have to set the tone. You have to make everything kind of run here. So how do you, what, what do you think a Denver Jones led offense? Like, what, what do you think? Cause I, cause I think we could see more of that. Like, no, I definitely the think you're going to, oh, I don't think yeah, it's going to take month. over. I don't think you're going to worry about it. Like, you know, that's the new starting lineup. I think Trey Donaldson is still going to get the majority of your minutes at point guard, but yeah, I mean, we saw it. I mean, it, it worked. Um, he did have one tough turnover at the end of the first half, but like he had it. You know, he hit shots, he had AM ones, he had a you had some assist off of it. I think it's just you're gonna see, you know, I, I think you'll see a lot more with him running the one. I think you'll see probably a lot more of that catch and shoot stuff, maybe a lot more of that five out zoom offense, a lot of DHOs and stuff like that, as opposed to now he can dribble and drive. And he got to the rim pretty well. I think his length helps him out there a ton, and he's a good creative scorer, good mid range pull up guy. All that good stuff, but I, I do think it gives you a different dimension because that adds that adds like another catch and shoot guy, and, and you know it also kind of unlocks some opportunities for maybe for a guy like Katie Johnson to be a lot more aggressive at getting to the getting to the rack in that situation. So it's a really good move. Uh, you, you score fifty points in both halves. You just, I mean, it's just it's it's nuts, man. It's nuts. They were, somebody pointed this out and I didn't make the connection. I looked at South Carolina's defensive numbers this year compared to what Auburn put up against them in this game. Auburn was about 50% better than average on offense across the board. Three-point shooting, overall field goal, you know, turnover rate, uh, points per possession, all that good stuff. This was crazy. Points per game. This was a crazy good offensive performance. A lot of that had to do with the fact that your two power forwards, your your two big men again, just absolutely went unconscious from deep. That's not going to happen every night, but it just gives you something more to think about. If I'm scouting Auburn, I think, good grief, if those guys can go crazy from deep, like how are we going to defend them? Like we have to pick our poison here, and I think that's going to have a big effect moving forward. And then when you see Auburn tweaking their lineups, tweaking their rotations, still trying to get better and and evolve. Again, this is a this is a matchup oriented team. This is a scouting report oriented team. I think this coaching staff, you know, Stephen Pearl was on the scout. He got a ton of ton of praise after the game. This staff, this team, they're locked in. I'm not saying they're going to run the table. I'm not saying they're going to hang a banner this year. I don't know what I don't know what the postseason is going to look like for him because it's a do or die situation in both tournaments. It's just the unfair nature of basketball. But their body of work through 25 games this year is phenomenal. This team is a really special team, and when you look at moving forward, you're they're putting themselves in the best position to succeed with the way they're playing. I'm not saying they're definitely going to do that, but as I write about in the mailbag on Friday, I think they are better built to handle what could come up next because they're as versatile, and it's harder to see, oh, this team's a matchup nightmare for Auburn. Now, are there teams that are tougher matchups against Auburn than others? Yeah, I think Florida definitely was. I think there are aspects of Mississippi State that were, you know, they're gonna be teams. If you can match Auburn in the front court, if you have dudes that can can you know you know, bang with those guys, it, it's gonna be a tougher game for sure for Auburn. But I do like the way they match up a ton. 
And again, I'm not saying they're going to go out there and, and have hang another double-digit win on Saturday, but I like the way they match up against Kentucky if, Dan, if they're able to slow down an offense that is one of the best in the country. The craziest stat I've seen from this is in four out of Kentucky's last five losses, they've scored 85 points. So what we would normally say is that should be enough to win pretty much every game. That's what they do in defeat. That says a lot about their defense, but everywhere you look, and they're only getting healthier, everywhere you look, Kentucky's running an elite guard out there, and it, it, it's going to be another buckle up, get ready for this. And I think, again, that defense-heavy approach or those those tweaks to the rotation could really help because Kentucky's going to throw a ton at them. They, are, they don't turn the ball over a ton. They play fast, and they hit a ton of threes. I mean, they are they are an ideal college basketball offense. Kentucky is a team where I, I think you need to do your best to ignore what they've done so far because yeah. of anyone in the SEC, I think certainly of any of the contenders, they are a team 